MSW Media. Season two of Swing Left's How We Win is here. Subscribe everywhere you get your pods for insight, action, and your reasons for hope. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven. And And this this is How We Win. Hi, I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela, and welcome to The Final Word. The Final Word with Frangela. The Final Word. 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 Thank you for joining us on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and on MSW Media. Thank you. We want to remind you to, you know what? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you need a good laugh, I know we provide great laughs on this podcast, but if you want a really great laugh, become a Frangela Patreon supporter. You're going to get three micro idiots a week, and I'm telling you, they will keep you in stitches. And right now, we need it. Hundreds and hundreds of them available. So if you were to become a Patreon supporter this week, you just just have this tremendous bank, like this savings account of funny. Yes. Let me tell you something about the micro idiots. They're crazy. <laughs> they are. Okay. I, we save the craziest ones for the micro idiots. And I got to tell you, you got to pull over, put down the heavy machinery. They, they can be very dangerous if you operate, if you're operating anything while you are listening to them, because it is crazy. Definitely, we want to say thank you to all of our Patreon fans. In no way are we exaggerating when we say that you are literally keeping our households afloat. Yes. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we know that it isn't easy, and we know that times yeah. are hard for everyone. And so we appreciate you taking the time to support our efforts and our work because, quite frankly, nobody else is. <laughs> so we appreciate you. Uh, and if you are on the internet and you need a specialized video, why don't you go on over to Cameo and get one from Frangela? We can wish you a happy birthday, happy anniversary, a pep talk, whatever you need. Get your, get your feelings up or you can give it as a gift. Yeah, yeah. And we always want to invite you to join us uh, every Friday morning for the third hour of the Stephanie Miller Show for Fridays with Frangela, or we like to call it the Black Power Hour. And what happens, Angela? That's where Stephanie Miller becomes Stephanie Mills and Stephanie Mills becomes an avid bike rider and pescatarian, Torian, mm-hmm. what do you call them? Yeah, Is pescatarian, yeah. Pescatarian, whether she wants to or not. <laughs> it's an amazing oh. thing a beautiful thing you know she black stephanie black yeah somewhere up in there there's i mean i'm not saying somebody lied necessarily mm. i'm just saying somebody dipped something at some point in that genetic pool that's all yes. i'm saying that's all you're saying that's all you're saying i want to share with everybody that my therapist last week said i had media fatigue and i got media fatigue because we are watching the news so you don't have to Okay. And I'm going to tell you something. That alone, you should be setting some Patreon on. That alone. (laughs) This shit is infuriating. And it is really hard. Yes. Watching a war from afar 
is, um, you know, I know that we aren't, you know, physically going through it and our hearts and minds are with the refugees. Uh They are with the fighters. They are with President Zelensky. They are with the children and the animals who are, you know, just shook loose from their homes. I mean, I think about watching these people crossing the border and the humanity of it all. Running. Running, running, running. And, you know, and I think about, you know, when I look at them, all I can, the the image, the vision that comes to me is like this giant Putin taking their homes and just shaking people and their things out of them into the streets. And, you know, and that's how it hits me. And we're talking now over three million people. Have yeah have uh, have left our refugees, and that's almost the entire population of Kiev, you know. But of course, that's from all over the country. Um, in fact, I heard today that uh, basically right now, right in terms of children, it breaks down to every second a child is leaving, trying is becoming a refugee from Ukraine, and many of those children without adults, like they they the people who were they don't have anyone. They they've had to they've lost their family in the situation, um, and. I went to, you know, last night we were sitting here and I was like, like, I, I can't even get my mind around. And for me, it does go back to, in many ways, what I, when I hear people talking about, you know, a violent overthrow of this government mm-hmm. here in the United States. And I want, and I really think to myself, like, d- think about what you're saying, because when, when we watch this, they're images and they're disturbing and awful. And, and, and then when you wake up the next morning and find out that that image you saw of this pregnant woman getting, you know, carried out of a hospital, that she's dead, yep. that she and her baby, her unborn baby are both dead. That, that, that is like, and I think about the, that being in Ukraine when they, this, I was watching earlier the news and they said, you know, it's now it's night there. It's like, so you're supposedly, I'm feeling afraid of world war three and nuclear war. Like I never have been, and I'm not there. I'm not listening to shelling. I'm not being shelled and shot at. I'm not unsure if we should make a run for it because they're shooting at civilians as they try to make a run for it. I don't, I don't. And this is how people are trying to go to bed. And then they literally today, this is recording on Tuesday, the little, the mayor, I believe it is of, of Kiev, they've imposed a 48 hour curfew. Understand what that means. When we hear the word curfew, what we think is 9 PM tonight, you have to be in. Right. Mm-hmm. The curfew is from now to a Thursday or Friday. Yep. Which means don't leave your house unless it's to go to a bomb shelter for the next 48 hours. Exactly. Exactly. Because they are anticipating a level of shelling and attack. Now that's think about that, that, and that's just that city. Yeah. And oh, I, think yeah. About, I think about Mariupol and people oh. in, in bunkers being starved out uh, in the cold. And, you know, and, and what's what's even worse to me, what's even worse, and we're going to get into it, is that Putin sent all of these conscript uh, soldiers, mm-hmm. put them inside of these military, you know, these cold ass, mil- you know, basically, you know, tanks that with no food. Mm-hmm. And so the people on the ground are desperate, but the soldiers in the tank are desperate too. Mm-hmm. They're hungry. They're breaking into the, the grocery stores, starving. 
because they can't get, you know, all the way around this one human. We were talking about this on the phone yesterday, Angela and I. One human being is mm-hmm. causing nothing but pain and anguish for millions of people. And all these countries around the world are trying to figure out how to how to handle one motherfucker. One fucking bitch ass bitch. Thank you. That And that is, I think, his actual birth name, bitch ass bitch. But, you know, in watching, and it was Ambassador McFall, whose name I'm always forgetting. Um, he was the person who a week ago was like, look, if we had just shut our mouths, if everybody had been quiet, we could have gotten them some planes. Yeah. So he made a statement today on MSNBC that I thought was really, really impactful and made the point where he, again, he reiterated the need for, you know, cooperation among all of the allies and a cooper and a quiet cooperation, mm-hmm. if you will. So let's listen to that. I think it's incumbent upon the NATO alliance collectively to make decisions to provide those weapons and then to quietly provide them. I think the mistake over the MIGs last week was that we didn't do it collectively and then we did it publicly. I would say collectively meet, make decisions, and then quietly help President Zelensky and his armed forces uh, stop the Russian forces. Because there will be no negotiated settlement until there's a stalemate on the battlefield. And right now there is not a stalemate on the battlefield. That's why Zelensky needs more weapons. And I agree with him. Mm -hmm. I agree with him because we have got to figure out, and I, and what I do believe, and I have believed in all the, the this entire time, is that we're going to continuously get these materials to the Ukrainians. Um, America don't play like that. Well, that, but he's, and I, it, it, we as comedians and well-known war scholar, strategy scholars, absolutely, like, but you, he's, I, I, that sounds more than legit reasonable to me that there will be no actual negotiating, there will be no ceasefire until he has part. The Russian troops have no choice, which means we have to give them enough firepower, the Ukrainians, to sincerely gum them up. Right yeah. now, they're bombing the shit out of the place because that's what they can do. But if we can stop, we can give the Ukrainians enough help, assistance, milit- munitions, and whatever else we can give them. You talked about the surface-to-air missiles, MiGs, uh, the, what are they called? The no, MiG-29 surface-to-air missiles. They have some Russian-made ones, apparently, that in the area. They're like, if we could quietly give them enough firepower to stop any forward motion. Yeah. Long enough. And it won't take long because they're already fucked. The fact that Russia's asking China, which we'll get to, for food for their troops shows you that they're having real serious logistics problems. If we already knew that to some extent, but that makes it even more clear. And I think Ambassador McFall is right. There will be, there is no negotiation until he has to go to that table. That's right. We have to get Ukraine in the position, and I agree with with the ambassador McCall and with McFall and with a lot of other people that we can't escalate the war and we can't give them firepower because, and I mean this, if it were me, Francis, and you sent me some planes, I, I would straight up lie to your face. And I would say, you know what, us, we need these planes for defensive abilities. We just want to be able to shoot down missiles and have them not hit us. And the minute that plane hit our soil, I'd be like, take it off, go to Russia, bomb, whatever the fuck you can bomb. I yeah. absolutely would. Because yeah. so like, like even if we could felt like we could give them those planes, I understand because I know me and I know I would do whatever it took to get that weapon. And then I would use it in whatever way I could to. They're at the point now where they need to, they, fe- they want to fight back, not just defend. 
Right. And that requires them having that ability. So, and, and, and you know what? This is the thing that makes me so upset. And because so many children are being affected. Uh, and so many, and, you know, and if this is a long protracted uh, war, so many fathers and mothers will die. Mm-hmm. And so all we're doing, all they're doing is building people who are going to be angry from childbirth at another country and want to take it out on their neighbors. And, and you know, and that is that is the price of war. And when that, mm-hmm. What were you going to say? Well, a little off of that, but I... I was just, the minute when you were talking about that, I was thinking about what is the age range again? It's a very large age range for Ukrainian men that if you're between the ages of, was it? 18 and 16. I think, it's like, I think it might be 16. I think it's below Did they move 18. it down to 16? I, I think it might be. And, and um, I'll try to double check here, but to 60. How old is Tom, your husband? He, he'd be right there. He's, he's 55. So I want you to think about eucalyptus refresher spray. <laughs> The other day, sent me a video because she you go to the gym, right? Yeah. And her husband had, was giving her some what we he thought of as necessary gym supplies. Yes, there was a, a rose toner f- uh, face spray for you know if your face needs refreshing, if you need yeah. a, ref- a, a quick refresher. He had a eucalyptus spray for your hands after you sanitized them. And he had two different types of, he had a lavender sanitizer and, he had, and, a, backup. and a backup right. one. Right. And then he yes. had It was basically one no sweat rags, <laughs> one no like electrolytes, no like knee braces or like weight belts. No, everything he had was some sort of luxury face product. The idea, I had in my mind this mental image of us standing at right before a checkpoint about to cross the border and somebody putting a some big ass gun in Tom's hands and us leaving with Tom, and sending Tom to the front. I, and I'd be like, dude, we have to, no, seriously. There's no. gotta be some sort of special dispensation thing. No, you cannot, no, you cannot make, he is not for that. It's a product toe. He can't. He can't. He not, he's mad. He's He's got anger. You know what I'm saying? He's right. not fighting, but like, he, first of all, he doesn't have his cucumber spray, and that's no. what he needs for every fight. What you have to understand is that this man's skin is buttery soft, oh, okay? <laughs> he is not good for shelling, okay? It's if that could be used as a weapon, we would win this war. Trust <laughs> <I> me. Mean, <laughs> no, no, no. You know what we need to bring to the uh, discussion table? Tom's soft skin. <laughs> Because felt that, he'd go, you know what? This is soft as a baby's bottom. Why are we fighting? What am I doing? What am what I doing? I have no idea. What am I doing? And where can I get that rose water spray? What am I doing? <laughs> like, and that is, but think about that. Like every, of all the people you know in your life, all of the men who would fall into that category. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, and I think, so when I think to people who talk about, you know, we're going to fight like hell for Trump. I'm like, this is what you're looking at. Yeah. You know, look at what you're looking at fighting in the streets. It's a lot easier for us to envision wars when they take place in sort of vast deserts or or jungles or plains that don't seem to have. But when they on a city block. Yep. That's a whole different situation. And I think that that it's important to watch and it's disturbing to watch, but important to. And so Zelensky today addressed the Canadian Parliament. Yeah. Since you just told me 
I did not know this about how many Ukrainians there are. Yeah, uh, outside of Ukraine, Canada has the largest Ukrainian population, which is at 1.4 million people. And so that is another reason why I believe he, you know, uh, addressed them first. And he said, you know, and listen to what he said. He said, he described the current situation in Ukraine, Zelensky did. He said, every night is a horrible night. Every night. Russians are shelling from all kinds of artillery, from tanks. They're hitting civilian infrastructure. They hit buildings. Can you imagine that there is a fire starting at a nuclear power plant? And that's exactly what happened in our country. Each city they are marching through, they're taking down Ukrainian flags. Can you imagine someone taking down your Canadian flags in Montreal and other Canadian cities? He really tried to bring it home in that way and be like, and basically, I, when Chris and I were talking, I like this, like, let me give you my sum up of Zelensky's speech to Parliament. Y'all are great. I love Canada. You, you are booze. What we've learned, we're, one of the things we're learning on a day-to-day basis here is who our friends really are. Mm-hmm. And as our so-called real friends, you need to do more. Yep. We need, and he's, and he repeated, and I believe he's going to say the same thing tomorrow when he meets with, for the steps in front of, speaks in front of the U.S. Congress here. He's going to say the same exact thing. We need more aid, more aid. We need an enforcement of a no-fly zone. He is not going to get that. No. But I appreciate him asking for it every fucking time. Man, is Dodge, at least now they're saying 12 assassination attempts. I have a feeling he's ducks and bobs and weaves in his sleep. Yep. You know, like that. So, and he's like, what do I, I don't need to be polite. I don't need to play this game. I can't afford to. I can't for my people. So I don't think, and you know, all day today, you know, they got all sorts of U.S. people being like, how about when you're in front of Congress, you say everything we're doing is good. That's right. And then we'll really, but the thing is he can't, I don't believe, because France, we were talking about putting off the podcast till we heard this speech. And I'm like, I don't think he's going to say anything different. I I completely agree. I think that every, I don't think he can, and I don't think he should. Uh, And I think that, that when you talk about, you know, looking at the trench graves, that they're literally, they're making trenches and making them mass graves because they have no other way to deal with the bodies because they can't get out. They're on, they're being pinned down in Maripol. One of the, uh, a, a soldier there said, that it's 350,000 people in a mouse trap. Yeah. It's like, there's nowhere, there's nothing we can do. And they, and the plan is of course, quite clearly because Russia doesn't have any resources either is to starve them out, That's starve right. them out and kill them. Cause they will flatten it like Chechnya. Go back and look, if you don't, if you haven't looked at the Chechnya situation, they flattened Chechnya. Yep. Because that's what they do when they're, when, when he's frustrated, he levels, Putin levels the ground. That's, that's his MO. But speaking of MOs, there was a leaked Kremlin memo to Russian media. And it said to, it is essential. This is a quote, essential to feature Tucker fucking Carlson. Carlson. I'm I'm so mad. I can't even say his name. And you know what? And his name should be, if we say Benedict Arnold, if he got stuck with this moniker, so should Tucker Carlson. Because you know what I'm doing right now? I'm looking up the the textbook definition of traitor. Um, One who betrays another's trust or is false to an obligation or duty. One who commits treason. Let me explain something to you. When... To me, this is just like, and it was, oh my God, why am I losing his name? He uh, was running um, in Florida and he got real close. Black man. Oh, who, right. Oh, who's he, now. He ran us um, in trouble. He ran us in trouble. We don't have to get into all that story. Right. But when he, in the debate, he was like against, um, it was it Rick Scott? 
Yes. Yes, Rich White gets, he said, um, I'm not calling, because Rick says, you calling me racist. Like, I think, I'm not calling you a racist. I'm saying the racists call you a racist. Yep. When the Nazis, when the fascists say, ooh, we could write a speech, but why bother when we can use Tucker Carlson? Guess what Tucker Carlson is? Yep. He's a Nazi. That's a Russian fucking official. And yeah. I don't know what it takes in this country because I have watched white people run up into the Capitol and defecate on it and yeah. beat cops to death or near death. And we are having trouble calling these people traitors. So I don't know what it takes, but this essentially would be enough for me. Yes. Well, in a 12-page document written in Russian, here's a quote. It says... Uh, it is essential to use as much as possible fragments of broadcast for, of the popular Fox News host, Tucker Carlson, who sharply criticizes the actions of the United States and NATO, their negative role in unleashing the conflict in Ukraine, that they unleashed. Mm-hmm. Okay, the conflict in Ukraine. Lie. And definitely provocative behavior from the leadership of the of the Western countries and NATO towards the Russian Federation and towards President Putin personally. Now, that's Russia. Yep. He's doing their job. Yeah, he's, he's doing their job for them. And I got to listen day in, day out about how, you know, from Fox lecturing the left and Democrats. Are you fucking kidding me? And then today, and I, okay, here's a, here's a moral dilemma. Today, they, I guess it just was reported while we were, before we started recording, that a Fox News cameraman died. Yes. uh, In Ukraine in one of these attacks. And that the reporter who was the journalist, as they were calling them, which I have a hard time with that, although I don't know this particular person's name or if they were one of the so-called people fighting this sort of agenda internally, internally at Fox. Um, But I hate when I feel like my humanity is like I'm losing it. Um, It makes me like ashamed of myself mm -hmm. and concerned because I there's just there is this deadness inside me upon hearing that. And even the the appropriate drop in tone of voice that Andrea Mitchell and other people did when they said, you know, our fallen colleague. And then one of the reporters that shared how the reporter who was there always asked really tough questions and that he asked a really tough questions in one situation. And they had this moment of remembering that. And I was like, I just I couldn't get there. I was mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I, it's, yeah, on the sort of universal, you know, macro of it all, you know, uh, but I, I don't know if I can call this organization and anybody who works for it a journalist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and whether or not, you know, and that's, that's, it's problematic. You know, the, this Russian memo we're talking about, it conclude, it included a quote from Tucker Carlson. Okay. So the Russian ministry, it's like a, one of their intelligence ministries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it literally is quoting, it's not writing quotes. It's quoting him, Tucker Carlson. Yeah. And it says, how would the U S behave if such a situation developed in neighboring Mexico or Canada? Russia is only protecting its interests in security, basically. And I was like, this is fascinating. And this alone, and mind you, as it says here, no other journalist, no, no other Western other. journalist is mentioned. That's right. And you know what? For me, we know, you know that Tucker Carlson is on the phone with Trump. You I know. Don't know that he's not on the phone with Putin. 
Right. Okay. I need someone to check those Carlson accounts. Okay. All day long. I don't know. I don't understand why the Department of Justice doesn't open up a fucking ace. Oh, I do because Mayor Garland ain't shit. But meanwhile, independent media outlets in Russia have all been forced to shut down since the start of the conflict. Reporters have had to flee from persecution and imprisonment. And they're talking 15 years. And 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 this is the thing, Angela. If the you know, you think about it, if the right really got control here. We would have to leave some of the crunk ass shit that we have said about them, the criticisms, you know, people like us would have to bounce. I think it'll be one of the few times I'm happy that our careers are not taking off necessarily on a more national or international level, because we might get some some early lead time on getting out because there are but there's a good chance we get we get picked up in the first, you know, Sweep. I just, I do not understand why we're allowing Fox News and uh, Tucker Carlson in particular to continue to be the force for of uh, traitor, you know, treason and sedition that he is. Um, but to me, this alone, I mean, when you think about what the FBI did to the civil rights leadership mm-hmm. um, and, and, and watching them and targeting them and harassing them and, and, planting crimes on them. And and I think credibly being involved, perhaps allegedly in the assassinations of more than one. And you look at that and I go, y'all can't go get Tucker because I know exactly where he is Monday through Friday. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like where, what's the deal here? And it just, it's. You snatch his bitch ass up. Thank you. And then we move on to China. Oh, China. Well, I, you know, it's, you know, we've all been kind of side-eyeing China out the corner of our eyes going, what now what you going to do? Because at the end of the day, we are, I believe the issue is not Russia. And I believe even the issue of nuclear weapons are far lower and less than our concern of China's involvement. Yeah. I truly do, because at this point, the West could snuff out Russia. We could strangle and will strangle their economy and force regime change because they don't have a choice. Yep. Without as long as China does not get involved. Well, and here's the thing. So what I love about what I love about sometimes how things have to work is sometimes, you know, we all talk a, talk a lot of negativity around gossip mm-hmm. and around people talking out of school or whatever. But do I love it when the U.S. government is like, basically leaks the information. Mm-hmm. Italy, the Italy met with China and was made it very clear to China that like, look, uh, any material and or sort of secondary level support, i.e. things like n- taking no votes and NATO votes that have to do with Russia, et cetera, abstention votes, um, any of that, that would be seen as helping them. And that's going to be a real problem for you with the, all of the European allies and with everyone. You, this gets leaked by U.S. D- sources. And why? So that, that President Xi understands quite clearly you cannot, right now China's been doing this Oh, well, you know, we support Russia, sort of, and but then sidestep. We friends. 
Well, you know what? Russia is kind of it's you know, our crazy friend. That's my crazy cousin's friend. I mean, I you know they come over for the barbecue every once in a while, but we ain't you know tight. Well, uh, well, Russia is China's back door hole. Okay, yeah. that's what it is. Okay, but it's, now, it's, it's a back door man. Knocking on a back. But now China's trying to, you know, Russia calling for help. And you know, in China, they're like, just shh, shh, don't answer the phone. Don't answer. <laughs> don't answer. President Xi, you know, is like, if it's if it's Vlad, tell him I'm in the bathroom. Totally. I'm in the, I'm in the shower. Because they're just trying to avoid the, thi- the thing. Because apparently one of the, the things Russia has asked for was um, MREs, the meal kits. Yeah. Because they can't feed their soldiers, which shows you, again, materially and, and sort of logistically how bad the situation is for this invasion, how how out of, unorganized and, you know, well, without it is. It goes to show you that... Putin doesn't put his money behind and invest it in 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 the efforts that he is uh putting forth, which means which for me makes the people who are soldiers under him even more dangerous because they're hungry and they've been lied to. They've been lied to. They mm-hmm. want to go home. They they want to get this over with. So no. it makes more sense if I want to go home. I don't I don't want to stay here and have to deal with policing these people. Bomb them into the ground. Bomb them into into rubble. Well, and I think that that what's amazing about the situation is that you know this comparison of Russia and China and um I'm just on this issue listening to Ian Bremmer. Uh he was talking about, you know, these that's not a great comparison. Russia's a, Russia's a country in decline. Yeah. And he was like quite literally said, you know, why his position on why would Russia, why would Putin do this now is this is the best time for him to do it. It's like this. He'll never be. He's not going to be in a better position. Mm-hmm. The country's getting less important. And now NATO is strengthened. And so he's talking about the situation for China is you're talking about, yeah, you have a relationship with this country. And yeah, that relationship is important in some, for you in many ways. However, Russia's in decline. You, but the Chinese economy, according to Ian Bremmer, is on, you know, on the forward march to by 2030, perhaps being the largest economy on the planet. And they have a huge financial interest with the United States and other places, which again is something that I think we should look at. But for, they were saying for president, Xi, he's got to think about the new, the newly reinvigorated NATO, like NATO's going to come is coming out as stronger than it ever was. And I believe that more more nations are going to get into NATO, that the allies being the quad allies, that all the major European powers being in a, allied, which has not happened since World War II, you know. Um, and also, the, he mentioned that South Korea, I guess, just elected a very uh, pro-U.S. agenda president. So the, the areas of interest for China, you know, um, they do they get involved with somebody who, frankly, can't do shit for them? Right. Exactly. Um, any more than they already are. or yeah. not. And that, I had, that's the first moment of sort of like breathing room I have felt during since this war started where I thought, okay, if China, he's like, I don't think that for China, this says go invade some other country, go invade Taiwan or some shit. He's like, I don't think that that's their calculation. And he could be wrong about that, obviously. Well, two officials said that China's uh, desire to avoid economic consequences may limit its appetite to help Russia. You know what? Here's the thing. Speaking of appetite, can we in this country get an appetite to support this president's infrastructure bill so we can get the fuck off of this oil. When, when, because for me, 
looking at the amount of money that you're paying at the pump to avoid, hopefully, getting into a war, which I believe that we will be in some type of, at some point, in some type of military action against Russia. It may not be the next week, but at some mm-hmm. point, we will be involved. I believe that this president, President Joe Biden, is doing everything he possibly can through the West, through NATO, to avoid a conflict. But I expect it to come. And and right now, I don't want to pay $7 at the pump, but it's better than paying for this war in American lives. It really is. And and in we can't be okay with this. Like, here's the problem. We were, we've been okay with it for too long. It's, you know, everything it's a, it's an omnivorous, um, um, omnivorosa (laughs) because I always go back to like, um, God, I can't remember which man it was. Um, but on the calls, many, many, like at the beginning of COVID or when, once we got the vaccines and he said, um, you know, we uh, sort of whatever, Democrats, progressives and liberals, whatever, you know, when the anti-vax movement started here, really became what you'd call a movement. And you had people like Jenny McCarthy writing a book about it and everything. We laughed and kind of just said, oh, you can ignore those crazies. And now here we are. And it's yep. a real problem. Yep. It's a real problem that we didn't take the time. to. And there certainly there are people who you're never going to convince. I know somebody who, uh, a friend of mine who told me they were at work and this person, see, this is the thing. And they work at a very sort of normal place, right? Um, and, and, but it's also one of those places that has TVs on all over the place for mm-hmm. customers and they're all on Fox News. You know, right. but this woman, but but it's it's a place that works very hard to not be political and, and, and outside of, I guess, that. But, um, but one of a coworker who we wouldn't have expected from came up to him and said, have you heard about the new variant that China is putting out? That China is putting out. And like, it's a record they're dropping, right? They right. dropping a new Omicron tomorrow, girl. Did you get your, did you get your ticket? Did you get your ticket? So, and, and he was like thrown by it. Right. Cause he was like, wait, he, cause he thought maybe she was misspeaking. Yeah. So he's like, Oh, you mean that they found a new variant and they're going to tell the world. And she's like, no, no, they created it. And they're going to make everybody get it now that this one is so, and it's like, this woman said it as if like most of the time you hope for me, that's when, you know, you we're in a real problematic place as we know with all of these people that crazy people use, they would keep that shit quiet. They knew better, but now she feels like she can walk up to somebody she's never had a political conversation with before in her life and say that as if it's just what everybody thinks. Right. You know, and it's just a true thing. And that is disturbing. And I look at this situation and go, if you let, you know, we watch this, this um, the woman who I don't know what her actual job is at the news station in Russia, but this woman who she went to court, she went to court, yes. to court of it, who went behind the national, it's, it, it's an amazing piece of footage if you haven't seen it to watch, but there's a Russian newscaster who looks like the pull up her ass is the sturdiest shit you've ever seen. <laughs> like it is like she is erected. She is just reci- reading something and not blinking and you know here's the thing she saw that woman coming up we yeah. we, I, we we are on stage woman comes up behind her and holds up a sign that basically it reads because i don't read russian but on the news they said that said that you know do not believe you're being lied to yeah. you know about don't support this war that woman then gets taken away and she is now probably going to get 15 years in prison she's yeah. already been fined although that hasn't we haven't figured out exactly how much but that's that's what's going like we can't get this information in there yep exactly and speaking of the information in there we want to talk about a story 
that, you know, in my opinion, hasn't gotten enough uh, attention. And that's Brittany Griner's plight getting arrested in Russia. For those, uh, and you may or may not know, uh, the Phoenix, Phoenix Mercury Center, Brittany Griner, she's a, uh, is one of the most dominant WNBA players ever. Okay. She's a huge, huge star in the WNBA. All right. But right now she's in custody in Russia because allegedly, and we're adding the allegedly, allegedly. Not in one report that I have seen on the news or one story, and mind you, there have been few of them, which yeah. is the point you're making, Francis. Yes. But have they used the word alleged? Every time, including the article that we're referencing right now, which is a very pro Brittany Griner article and yeah. pro her plight, like literally, they never use the word alleged. They say it was, you know, the media that they reported, the Russian, whatever they are, you know, forces Please. at the airport reported finding vaping cartridges, basically weed, weed cartridges of some sort in her luggage. And so she was arrested last month and she's been in custody since then. And, but nobody uses the word alleged. No, 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 no. And, Never. and, 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 with, and, and so, you know, it's so interesting because she's a black woman with locks. You know, it is just a given she was smoking weed. Nobody will even question it. Like, that's my first issue is that we just lock, stock, and barrel are okay with that somehow. Yeah, 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 oh yeah. God, we don't trust that we know lies about everything from right. Russia. Exactly. Exactly. So now we're up here saying we ain't bombing nobody. We watching bombs go off. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly my point. We don't know if that's even true. But for weeks, her family, her business and legal representatives uh, and some WNBA players were aware of her troubles, but in the hopes of not provoking the Russian government, initially avoided drawing attention to them. But last week, her wife, Sherelle posted a picture of her and uh, Griner on Instagram and in her caption, she wrote, I understand that many of you have grown to love BG over the years and have concerns and want details. Please honor our privacy as we continue to work on getting my wife home safely. I understand that. I agree yeah. with it. Yeah. But this is the reason why I wanted to talk about this story because I have to say out loud, if this were a white player, uh, we would, we, this story would be in the news 24 seven about how are we, how is she faring? What is her mental state? What is she going through? Um, let's talk about, you know, and we would be doing pieces on her, her experience, her Mm -hmm. wife, uh, her Mm -hmm. life. You, you name it. But I feel because this is a black woman that we are not talking about the fact that she is being held captive. And so this is the, the, here's the, and I think that's absolutely true and absolutely correct. Um, And also it makes me, it is one of those things that makes me question the intelligence of the Russian security forces, because if you were going to kidnap somebody, a black lesbian woman was like, could almost the worst choice you could make in terms of getting the U.S. to give a fuck. Like, I mean, even as as an athletic star, we said it like when we were in that awful show in Costa Rica and they got all mad at us from leaving the hotel because they were like, people, Americans get kidnapped here. And we were like, black Americans? Because that's stupid. Yeah. Like, but- 
they, they, they don't give a fuck what happens. They don't give a fuck about what happens to us at home, let alone someplace else. You right. know. Um, but on top of that, but this is my problem. I don't. I'm not a, as you may or may not know. I'm not a sports person fan. <laughs> I don't know a lot about sports, <laughs> but I don't. I have to say because this, uh, this article goes on to then do. I think th- that argument works for me, you know, that yes. And then the backup corollary, though, the, the sort of the, the, you know, pushback to that argument about it being getting enough publicity is that this is one woman, this is one person and one U S citizen, even as a U S citizen cannot equal all of the Ukraine. Right. Yes. And so that we can't, I can hear that too. And that is true. However, this is my problem. Why is she there? And I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay with U.S. players playing for teams that are uh, under oligarchs who, by the way, however they got their money, which is by I've never once heard he worked himself up from nothing. Like it's, you know, like that this is for a corrupt regime that is, by the way, incredibly anti-LGBTQ, well, incredibly, like hostile on a legal level and on a societal level to gain. This black gay woman is working for one, an oligarch in that country. And, and, and why this article goes into this big explanation of the fact of the pair, the lack of parity in pay for athletes, which male and female athletes, particularly, you know, the NBA, uh, NBA and WNBA stars and how she couldn't make, she makes a lot more money by playing in Russia. And this is my problem. Francis and I were having this debate. I'm sorry. I have a problem with that. I really, really do. Now that doesn't mean that she is a human and a U.S. citizen and we should do whatever we can to get her out of there. But the reality is if this were some, if this were a white player, and this is during apartheid, and they decide to go play for the South African team, and a white woman, and she said it's because they don't pay enough to women in the U.S., would I have been okay with that? And I wouldn't. Right, but I feel, I feel like that's different when you look at Russia, and I and I think it's also different. I do think it's different for how we treat our our sports figures all the way around in the world. I mean, because I watched, I sat here and watched doping uh, Russians be able to compete in the Olympics under a completely different name because, and and to your point, because we treat athletes so differently. The Olympic Committee is not the United States. I know. And it's not the United States government at all. So it's, it's, you know, like, and we don't have state-sponsored athletics um, that the way that other countries have, and Russia no, allegedly no longer has. But that that that's not the same thing. And I think that the reality here is, if I'm gonna sit up here every day and call, you know, um, Candace Owens a biscuit eating, tap dancing, pancake making, you know, um, what uh, you know, house helper, um, I I I can't. I gotta say, and these other players who are, who play for these Russian oligarchs. I don't think it's a good enough excuse, especially from the point of view of like, and you brought up, you know, like people like um, Beyonce who have been found. And I remember that story from, I don't, it was a while ago about her doing a private concert for, I want to say, was it MSB? MSB. You know, all of them have. I don't agree with that shit. And the thing is, I don't know about this. I don't pay attention to sports. I have no idea that there are all these American women or American athletes, period, playing playing for Russian oligarchs who we all know, if you're an oligarch, it's because Putin, this dictator, has decided you get to be one. I don't think it's okay. And I think you have to morally stop. That doesn't, like I said, we have a responsibility. And you are absolutely right. She deserves the same amount of attention as somebody who trips down a well in their backyard. You know, she deserves the same amount of, of of effort to get her released as was it Lisa 
Ling's sister? Exactly. You know, you know I, I, I can hear all of that and I agree with it. However, I need all these bitches, all these people, male, female, I'm calling them all, to sit down and ask themselves, is it really okay for me to work inside of a country and for a government that suppresses people in this country who are like me even? Exactly. You can't be a black gay woman Russian. You can't, you know, like... Well, you know what? And and here's the thing. She had been there. She's been doing this job for seven years. For seven years. And, and, you know, and just to give you the the difference in the pay disparity, in the United States, uh, being on a major team, major player, uh, won two gold medals in the Olympics. She makes $221,000 a year. In Russia... When she plays off season there, she makes a million dollars a season. And so, you know, and and, and, and yeah, I know, but that's but you're that's being bought. It is. And but but it's the same it's the same being bought here in this country. That's what I'm saying. That is your personal decision to make. And but this is the thing. I get to we all this is how free speech works. You don't get it's not free from critique or free from response. Right. I think it's wrong. I don't think that athletes should be doing that. I don't think it's okay for Elton John to do private concerts for evil dictators or Beyonce or anyone else who has. I think the minute we find out about it, I buy, I, I stop supporting them. Yeah. The reason, you know, seven years, here's the thing that can be said, but I don't know who she is. Couldn't pick her out of her lineup. Had I known seven years ago, I'd be a saying it seven years ago. So yeah. I'm saying it today. It's not like we've been letting her, I've been letting her get off the hook for seven years. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's so but now that i do listen to this sentence from this article griner's plight is especially acute because she's a black queer woman being held by authorities in a country that is hostile towards lgbtq people understand how double how both ways that that sentiment cuts yeah. it's being said because oh my god how badly could they treat her but what i'm hearing is you were cool with playing for a in a country that was would not allow anybody else to be like you any of its mm-hmm. own citizens to be like you because you were making a million more more money and yeah. here's the thing 200 you're right two hundred and twenty one thousand dollars as compared to is not a lot but as compared to most of this country yeah you know what I mean? Like maybe, you know, here's my thing. These are all choices. This is my, Francis will tell you, one of my pet peeves is the abuse of the phrase have to. Right. 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 Because these are choices. And I'm saying I have a moral, I have an ethical problem with her. And this is the thing. There may be things that we don't know about, right? Like we affect, we don't audition for Walmart, but I don't know who all the companies that Walmart necessarily owns. There may be. There may be some things, but when they get brought to our attention, when you bring it to my attention, or when I find it out in my own research, well, we took our we took our podcast off of Spotify after exactly. the whole Joe Rogan situation. Exactly, not that it, not that it was it's not the greatest political statement, perhaps, but it is the least we could do, right? No. So, but that's my point, and so I think that by inviting the discussion, you're inviting the discussion, and I and I think. You know, this is the interesting because the last paragraphs of this article is putting aside the criminal allegations against Griner, which I believe you should for this. Her case, at the very least, should create enormous scrutiny around how female athletes are valued in the United States. This is a necessary wake up call for the WNBA. The league should treat its players better than a team in a hostile country does. I, I, I just in no way am I saying she deserves to be in this situation. And I would I I have significant questions with why this article chose not to say alleged, you know, in in, in terms of what she's been accused of that they didn't even, that that never even gets questioned. But I got to say, I think that the end, that the athletes, whatever league you're in, you need to ask yourselves if what you're doing is actually okay. 
Speaking of, is this okay? Wells Fargo approved less than half its black homeowner refinancing applications in 2020. Not 2010, not 2008, during the housing boom. Not, not 1942. Not, not 1942, 2020. The nation's third largest bank had the biz- biggest approval gap by race, a Bloomberg analysis found. Okay. But its officials refute those findings. A Bloomberg News analysis published uncovered a significant racial disparity in refinancing approval rates between black and white homeowners in 2020 at World at Wells Fargo. This is the number that got me, okay? Apparently, it approved only 47% of black homeowners refinance applications, but 72% of applications from whites. Mm-hmm. 47%, 72%. Okay, so I'm gonna be Wells Fargo. Okay, I hear what you're saying, but that is, those are, the, I first of all, I object. <laughs> In no way is this racist or about their uh, their blackness. This is because, let me t- understand, and this I believe is their actual um, response. The bank said, they disputed Bloomberg's figures and said it's more selective than other leaders, lenders, when it comes to, quote, additional legitimate credit-related factors. Factors! So understand that their answer to, it's not that we're racist, it's that we're the racist. Right. <laughs> because what they're saying is, oh, but when you look up these Negroes and you use these factors, they're not as good as a, a bet. Well, here's my problem. As we know over and over again, you devalue the property because black people own it. Yep. Then you tell them it's not worth enough to give them a loan. But every day I got to watch people pontificate about how Trump's company got to tell banks how much his property was worth. And was, and was worked on a sliding scale. The, the mf sat there, would say, it's worth this today, it's worth that tomorrow, and then turn back around again and reevaluate its worth. All he wanted to his want and liking. And you know what I find interesting is we're talking about refinancing. And, right. and which is, is, for me, is talking about a black, a double black tax. So you got the loan in the first place, but you now you want to refinance. But what they're going to do is keep you locked in the rates that you had been paying. They're not going to, when rates go down, they won't allow you to refinance that. That's right. Bloomberg also found that high income black applicants had the best chance of Wells Fargo approving their refinancing application. However, the approval rate for high income black applicants was roughly equal to low income white applicants. That means low and middle income black applicants had little chance of approval compared to their white counterparts. Yep. Because that because the bank wants to take your shit. Yeah. Bloomberg was like, there's just no way to account for this difference outside of the racism of it. Yeah. You know, and and we know it over and over again. That's why black people keep having white people pretend to own their homes so that they can get a, the an approval, you know, a, a, a valuation. Yeah. Evaluation that's it that's, you know, actually close to what their home is worth. And it's just, you know, then, you know, the article goes on to say, you know, the Department of Justice is the department that would sue people for this. And here we are back at Mar- Merrick Garland's shit. Because um, I don't expect them to do a damn thing about to it. Care. To care. To care. And that 
is our final word. And now it's time for emails, emails. Time to go get your emails. We want to thank you for writing us at frangela08 at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Yes. Um, first email is from the he who shall not be named because of HIPAA. Mm. You know, that oath that doctors, you know, yeah, they yeah, can't, yeah, 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 they can't yeah. stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. It says, I believe you have correctly diagnosed the means of placement of the surreptitious, surreptitious, what am I, what, what is he? I think this is, I don't know what he's saying, uh, but I know the word, uh, glass oh, tumbler. Serotip. Oh, shit. It's a typo. There's like 15 letters in it. Oh, so that's the uh, <laughs> There you go. Um <laughs> As a clinician in an ER for 15 years, we have discovered many displaced or misplaced objects in the Southern Alimentary, which you've looked up last time, Francis, canals mm-hmm. of bewildered patients. Most of these patients claim, and I wish I was kidding, that the object was on the choose one couch, bed, floor of the shower, bath, garden, shed, garage, when they sat or sloped and fe- slipped and fell while naked. <laughs> So that's what they say mostly to him. These patients are collectively known as JWAs because of their their excuse usually, usually begins with, I was just walking along. <laughs> JWAs. I love that. We got to use that. We are going to use JWA. That is the best designation ever. The typical JWA has a weird gleam in their eye and a twist in their smile that if you met at a bar would cause you to become suddenly nauseated as your sympathetic flight or fight chemistry kicked in. The JWA is typically overly invested, almost manic in their telling, in convincing you that they were just walking along JWA when visited by this unfortunate rectal incursion. They try to Jedi mind trick you into ignoring all the evidence of lube and basic physics, and they become invested in making you believe in the potential realities of magic, Satan, time travel, and alimentary transportation. Nice. In India, India, Hinduism is prevalent. Hindus have a god for everything, it seems. The Indian doctors may be confused because the Hindu god of elementary tracks may simply be a, what is it, Loki-level trickster who pays much attention to those who are just walking along. JWAs are fascinating patients. Sincerely, he who should not be named because of HIPAA. JWAs all day long. That's all we have are JWAs. I don't. I don't know how this got in my ass. I don't know. I, don't I was know. just walking along, I was just walking, with this potato ran up my butt. Totally, totally. Which one is next? Uh, you could do. You, how about you, Meredith? Okay, yeah. This one. That's why I love you, Bo. Yeah. I don't, whatever you're looking at, because I'm looking at giant spiders, but you, oh, whatever you got. Spiders. That didn't print for some reason. You read it, read it. Okay. Um, let's be extra, let's, Franja, let's be extra happy you to have you live on the West Coast, because what the fuck is up with a spider the size of your palm that can be blown up to 100 miles away? Those were the, the spiders with the parachute web yeah. thing. I love this show on Fridays with Frangela as a liberal in reddest of red alarm. Alabama. I cannot tell you what a lifeline the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and Stephanie Miller's show have been for me ever since I discovered you. It gets me through the good days and the bad while also confirming that I'm not crazy after living my whole here my whole life. Oh, I almost forgot. Just got a raise recently. 
I am lucky to have an amazing boss and work for an incredible company and paid off my only credit card. So now I can up my Patreon membership. Love you both to pieces, Meredith in Alabama. We love you, Meredith. And thank you very much. We love you, Meredith. Thank you. And now it's time for resistance. This is where we encourage you to, in addition to calling, keeping in regular, almost annoying levels of contact with your representatives and senators by calling the general switchboard at 202-22. Oh my God, I just lost it. Is it 224? 3121? I believe so. We want you to, we're looking at, you know, obviously helping Ukraine there, you know, you can go to Charity Navigator to find, you know, trustworthy charities that are helping in those efforts and with refugees. But we were um, wanted to look towards helping Justice, future Supreme Court Justice and Supreme Court Justice nominee, Ketanji Brown Jackson, helping her get to the Supreme Court and different ways to do that. Yeah, you know, as you know, President Joe Biden uh, nominated Ketanji Brown Jackson to Supreme Court. Uh, She is the first black woman to be nominated. Judge Jackson, who is currently on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, is also a former public defender and brings decades of experience on the bench and is an important, has an important perspective on a broad range of issues such as climate change, reproductive freedom, and civil rights. <clears throat> but this, despite her impressive credentials, Republicans and conservatives responded to her nomination with an onslaught of racist and sexist attacks. All right. So she is tremendously qualified, and we must fight to get her nomination approved by the Senate. She will not only make history as the first Black woman on the Supreme Court, but she will also be the first public. uh, defender to serve on the court, which I don't understand how that hasn't happened. And she has a proven track record of attracting bipartisan support in the Senate. She's been confirmed three times on a bipartisan vote, and there's no reason not to expect the same as now she is considered for the Supreme Court. So we want you to um, go to the ultraviolet and they uh, have like a graphic that you can circulate on social media. And I think there's a petition there also to sign to say that you support her um, through that. They're one organization that's doing that. There, there are others. I think if you just Google ways to support Katan, you know, justice uh, Brown, you uh, judge Brown at this point, there are lots of places you can go, but ultraviolet is one of those communities. So please, 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 if you can, please support. I'm Francis Callier. I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela. Thank you so much for listening to The Final 